0: Good morning, everyone. Um, man, what a morning. Um, today, uh, I took some time to write a little bit longer than I normally do, but I really wanted to explain um, kind of my analysis of what's going on in both the traditional uh, markets, but also uh, around Bitcoin and even gold. Um, so to back up here, uh, obviously um, the COVID-19 or coronavirus Um, has gone from something that a small amount of people were worried about to now, I think many, many people are worried about. Last night, the uh, U.S. President uh, Donald Trump put together a national address where he not only addressed uh, kind of the current state um, of where we are with the virus, uh, but also the potential health and economic impacts um, as well. And so as I've been talking about over the last. Um, you know, a couple of days, basically all of the structural issues in the uh, global economy uh, are now being exposed. So we're seeing everything from uh, kind of over leverage, um, all of the issues with the debt fueled stock buybacks um, and even the uh, liquidity issues um, that, that kind of structurally are presenting themselves. And it's not because the virus is causing those issues. Those issues already existed. The virus is instead acting as an accelerant. And the way that the accelerant works is um, you have to stay at home. You, you have to have the social distancing. There's economic activity um, that's being ground to a halt by this virus, whether it's mandated by the government or people are just fearful. And so when you start to get stress in the system, Um, Again, that's that economic slowdown. Uh, All of a sudden, that stress starts to expose the flaws. Um, And I think that's what we're seeing uh, right now. And so what I wrote about today was really this idea that um, in times of uncertainty and fear, very similar to where we are right now, what you get is you get a liquidity crisis. Um, And the liquidity crisis can be looked at from a couple of different perspectives. But let's just stick to kind of the individual investor or or the non-government investor. And during a liquidity crisis, basically people say, hey, I'm super scared. I want to make sure I have liquidity. Let me look around and see what I can sell to get cash. And so what ends up happening is any asset that has a liquid market gets sold. And This all happens at the same time, meaning that everyone looks around the room and says, I have assets, I want to sell them. And so we all rush for the exit doors at the same time. Well, obviously that causes a significant imbalance in buyers and sellers. There's way more sellers than there are buyers. And so now all of a sudden, rather than selling at what used to be the market price, I'm very price insensitive. Meaning that I'm willing to sell at almost any price because I need Uh, liquidity that bad. I'm seeking liquidity so much more than I'm seeking top dollar. And so what ends up happening is I'm willing to sell lower than you are, then you're willing to sell lower than me. And we continue to compete to who will sell the lowest uh, in order to get that liquidity, right? Kind of pricing liquidity down. Um, And so what happens is what we're seeing, we're seeing across the board assets are being sold aggressively and markets are tanking so whether that's the s p and the dow going down seven eight percent a day and hitting circuit breakers whether that's gold uh, going down uh, bitcoin going down oil going down um, all of these liquid markets asset prices are dropping pretty significantly and so in times where we see these liquidity crises, basically Uh, the way that the traditional markets are built is the U.S. government, the central banks around the world, et cetera, they're going to step in. And when they step in, they have two tools at their disposal. Those two tools are um, interest rate cuts and quantitative easing, the printing of money. And so what becomes really interesting is if you go back to 2008, gold actually uh, from 2006 to 2011 rose from about $650 to over $1,800. But in between there, in a six month period, right in 2008, kind of the heart of 2008, there was a massive liquidity crisis. And when that liquidity crisis transpired, gold actually fell 30%. And so you can think about this as, during that liquidity crisis, everyone wants cash. So everyone who can sells. And then as the monetary stimulus, kind of that quantitative easing and interest rate uh, response starts to occur, people then get fearful of potential high inflation, uh, the U S defaulting on its debt, um, all kinds of, uh, you know, kind of fears. And what they do is they then rush to find sound money properties, right? Kind of this um, uh, deflationary type assets or sound money. And so, In that short six-month period where the liquidity crisis occurred, gold lost 30%, but over a long period of time, it almost tripled in value over kind of a four or five-year period. And so what ends up happening right now is we're in the liquidity crisis part of the sequence where everyone's looking for liquidity. So what are they doing? They're selling, they're selling, they're selling, whether it's Bitcoin, gold, oil, stocks, whatever they can do, they're just selling and they want cash. In response to that, we're going to get monetary stimulus. We've already seen the 50 basis point emergency rate cut. I think that uh, the next rate cut we're gonna see um, here coming up, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we get to 25 basis points or zero um, pretty shortly. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to negative rates in the U.S. just given kind of the religious nature of negative rates and and kind of how hard people will try to defend zero, if you will. Um, But as soon as you start to see that monetary stimulus coming in, especially the quantitative easing, I think that the quantitative easing is going to have to be incredibly massive. We're talking about a trillion dollars or more um, coming out of this liquidity crisis. And so if we get that kind of quantitative easing, You are going to see investors rush for sound money properties they're going to look at gold at bitcoin etc and they're going to say i want to protect my wealth i do not want to see it inflated away i do not want to see that stealing of wealth that happens um, or stealing of the purchasing power that occurs when we get that monetary stimulus and so What ends up occurring here is you almost have to have a sequence of events. You get the liquidity crisis, you then get the monetary stimulus, and then you get that adoption of sound money properties. And so I think that that's going to play out just like it played out in 2008, it's gonna play out here again. And so kind of remaining calm, breathing, understanding where we are in the market cycles, etc. is really important. Not so much trying to time, you know, is the market going up or going down, but more so understanding structurally where we are and kind of the sequence of events is really important. Now, the difference between Bitcoin and gold is that gold will continue to be gold and it's going to serve as a great store of value and a safe haven asset. Bitcoin will do the same, but Bitcoin has one other aspect to it that becomes incredibly interesting, which is that the Bitcoin halving is going to occur in May 2020. And that Bitcoin halving essentially takes the incoming uh, supply of Bitcoin, the new supply every day, and it cuts it in half, right? So it goes from 1,800 Bitcoin per day being produced to 900. This would essentially be like investors seeking gold in 2008 as that hedge against inflation or that safe haven asset in half of the gold mines in the world shutting down of course the scarce asset becomes scarcer same thing here with bitcoin when that bitcoin having occurs what we're going to see is you got the liquidity crisis you get the monetary stimulus you then drive people to go find sound money properties and all of a sudden 50 percent of the incoming supply is cut in half right i've been saying for months and months and months now this is rocket fuel for something like bitcoin because you're going to get demand shock And supply shock at the same time, and they're going to align in a very, very interesting way from the macro perspective. And so I think that it's super, super painful. I mean, literally, I woke up this morning um, and you see Bitcoin down, you know, 20, 25%, and, and you just have this knot in your stomach, and you're just like, geez, this hurts. But understanding that the liquidity crisis is going to do that. Puts you at ease, I think, or at least it puts me at ease. And so, what that ultimately leads us to is kind of these holders of last resort, right? One of which I consider myself. I bought more Bitcoin this morning, right? And the reason why is those weak hands, the people who need liquidity, are going to transfer those sound money properties to people who either one, don't need the liquidity, or two, can't get shaken out of the position right they understand they've done the work to understand the technical structure the sound money properties the potential advantages that bitcoin can have in times of monetary stimulus etc and they are convinced that the sound money properties are superior to other forms of assets and therefore what you're seeing right now is a very significant transfer of weak hands to strong hands, and it's gonna come at a time right before people actually want the sound money properties. And so, you know, my partner Mark Yusko always says that people are really good at doing two things. They basically sell everything that they're about to need and they buy what they should have bought. Meaning that they usually sell the stuff in the downward trend and they buy it back at the top. And I think that's what we're seeing here is just classic market cycles at work. People don't understand how the sequence of events occurs and therefore they're making very rash uh, or irrational decisions um, because of that liquidity crisis. And so I wanted to take the time this morning to really explain how this plays out uh, historically and how I'm thinking about it uh, in terms of Bitcoin, the price movement and the more macro issues that we're seeing. So let me know if you guys have any questions. Feel free to reply to this email. Um, I'll be around all day trying to answer as many of them as I can. Um, I, you know, as I said in the piece as well, lots of volatility out there. So stay safe, stay alert, make sure you're getting educated on this stuff and really just try to understand that um, kind of the, the single day price movements play into a narrative or a story on a much longer time scale. And so you really need to understand not only what's happening today, but kind of the larger story of where we are in these markets. So stay safe out there and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.